Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined today by JP Ong, my usual co-chair, co-host, <laughs> co-snark uh, companion. and Co-snark, not the snark in charge. That would <laughs> no, be you. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. And Jeff Howie from the SGX, strategic analyst from the SGX. We've had a big week this week, gentlemen. Lots of news, lots of goings on, and lots of market movements, most of them. Pretty happy movements. I'd say, yeah, pretty happy. And uh, overall, I think you're still seeing the Straits Times Index ending this week, at least, or the first week of the second half mm. in the green. And a lot of it really credited to that big jump that we saw on Monday after sure. they both sides said, hey, you know what? We're talking again. Um, but again, as... Uh, as we've said before, the, the sensibility returns to the markets and, mm. and folks here suddenly go, wait, let's hold your horses. Let's just slow down a bit uh, and move a bit more at a lower gear because so far these are only talks. And I don't know we, why when you said that, I thought of the uh, TV series Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, that, that's, that's, a very, that's a very apt thing to say at the moment. Yes, curbing your enthusiasm is very apt, especially because we saw those PMI figures on Wednesday actually come in and point at more dismal or, contra- or more contraction in the manufacturing sector, which happens to be a big part of our of the Singaporean economy. Mm-hmm. But despite that, you'd think that markets would tumble and panic, but they didn't actually. They actually gained by, I believe, about five or six points at the close yesterday, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, for the Straits Times Index. Yes, the manufacturers did pull back a little bit, but not by a ton. So today you're seeing a, a bit of a decline for the STI at the moment, down by about 10 points so far. But still, I mean, it doesn't take away from uh, from that very good start on Monday as also. And I think uh, overall, this was still a v- rather good start given all of these headwinds and hurdles that mm-hmm. Was placed in front of investors in the first week of the second half. Yeah, it was a, definitely a firmer start. So if you look at the week to date, we're up around 1.4%. And uh, Monday, we had those strong gains at 1.6. So, like you say, we, we've given back some of those gains, albeit a lot of it has stayed. I think today in particular, a bit more talk about how realistic are those great meetings and vibes that came mm-hmm, from the G20 mm-hmm. meeting. Well, that was pretty much there from the outset because in President Trump's press conference, he did uh, have that very first question and he did say, while it was a great meeting, it did not mean there was going to be a deal. And look, we got plenty of time before all these global leaders come back together. It'll mm-hmm. be, won't be till November uh, in Shanghai for uh, for WTO conference in the first week of November, followed by, I think there's an APEC conference in Chile in the second week of November. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of to and fro and talking in terms of what the paradigms are for global trade. But I'll, I'll just point you to one thing in that PMI number. There was a, a highlight that SIO, PMM actually brought out uh, that anecdotal evidence suggests that several manufacturers here in Singapore are working on future growth plans in the midst of the global trade mm. uncertainties. Now, that was a very different vibe to what we've seen in the past couple of months when the uh, report actually said the anecdotal evidence was that manufacturers are increasingly concerned about the escalation of trade tensions and so forth. So yeah, while it was in contraction, you've got to remember this is two months of contraction after 32 months of expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just checking in on some of these manufacturers, also VentureCorp continuing to just come down a little bit. But again, none of these uh, manufacturers are really 
really uh, are running for the hills. None of them mm-hmm. are really collapsing by any big matter. And in fact, it's just probably them just steadying themselves at the moment. And there's a, there's a, there's a slight caveat there too, JP. You, if you look at our listed manufacturers, these are pretty big manufacturers. Mm. You, you look at our 20 most active by turnover in the first half of this year, their average market value or market capitalization is around $1.2 billion. And mm-hmm. pretty much all of them are multinational corporations with international revenue and so forth. So the overall sector in terms of, let's say, those 20 big stocks that account for around one-tenth of the day-to-day turnover, those manufacturing stocks actually gain 20% in the first half. They do tend to be sensitive mm-hmm. to the global growth outlook. And last year, they were uh, performed worse than the SDI. And then the previous two years when the SDI gained, they also performed better than the SDI. So they tend to outswing the movements of the broad market. And as you say, be really sensitive to a lot of growth issues, growth deceleration mm-hmm. issues, mm-hmm. and trade tensions and so forth. At this point, it'd be interesting to bring up the fact that there are some conservative analysts who are saying there is a possibility that, that we might be facing a shallow technical recession. Personally, having traveled, having lived overseas, and, and I'm sure you guys agree with me, th- that doesn't actually mean that much outside of market movements. Shallow technical recession. But I wanted to get Jeff's take on that. Well, Barnabas Gann, who's the uh, Barnabas Gann, who's the economist at UOB, he put out a note today mm-hmm. and basically addressing this. Uh, and you know, while, while there are the concerns, obviously, of trade protectionism, the China slowdown and the global downturn per se and the effect that has on our exports, there were three uh, positives that he, that he did come up with. Uh, the modern services cluster is expected to underpin domestic economic growth for us in Singapore for the year ahead. So that's that's really, that's this is more into that economic transformation phase that we're going through, the demand for IT, the demand for information, professional services and so forth could provide somewhat of a cushion. And secondly, as you just said, Clarissa, we've had some great years of growth recently. Remember, you know, only two years ago, we were amongst the world's strongest advanced economies in the mm-hmm. world. Hence, the uh, UOB economist said that the second key point is that the softer than expected prints we've seen as of late, it's it's accompanied by really relative high base levels, mm-hmm. of which, it, which is, as I said, seen strong growth prop some of these numbers up higher. But thirdly, and this is key too, we're seeing loosing, looser monetary policy across Asia and of course, possibly in the US mm-hmm. in the third and fourth quarter of this year. And that should basically help us with that weaker external outlook, which of course might have these ramifications on our exports. And mind you also, uh, of course, we have to bring up that Maybank was the one that highlighted the, the possibility mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. shallow technical recession in the third quarter. They did say that there is a very good chance we might actually get be in the clear by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is predicated on a number of things. One is whether or a not deal. we see a deal in the trade war will mm-hmm. definitely help a lot. Of course, looser monetary policy, giving people more and businesses more room naturally uh, buttress their growth also will be helpful in, in that spell. But this also creates space for some of these manufacturers that Jeff mentioned, mm-hmm. wherein now that they have some leeway, yes, it's a little bit of a tight spot, but they've got some wiggle room now to repivot and, and uh, plan for future growth in the, in, in, in the future and perhaps even just maybe uh, take some of their exposure away from some of these vulnerable uh, linkages between China and the U.S., perhaps focusing on the ASEAN region, perhaps also focusing on some of these other sectors that might actually prove to be more important also. So there, uh, uh, yes, it's going to be a shallow technical recession, but don't forget that the words shallow and technical are included there for a reason and that could exactly. easily 
swing up again if you're worried in the markets about this also. It, now it's a matter of whether or not you can stay in the markets also because if this proves to be shallow, you'll probably be kicking yourself if you get out of the markets before this shallow technical recession hits because three months really, I mean, peanuts, nothing really compared to, uh, to, compared to some investment horizons unless you're one of these, one of these day traders that comes in and out. And mm-hmm. I, it's, that's a very dangerous game. That's something I personally don't do. Never you have actually have the heart done. For it. No, no, not even the stomach <laughs> for that. I know exactly what, what I, I know exactly what I built for. It. That's the report. Well, the reason it. I brought it up is really not so much for the you know the analysts and and um, financial professionals, but for the small time investors who might get skittish when they hear words like that. I mean, mm. the thing is. It's easy to be talking about it. If you're an institutional analyst or an institutional banker, $10 million means nothing to you. But you know, $5,000 to the small investor is a huge amount of money. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to scare them unjustly. It's just I, – I, and that's why I said I think it's really just a market correction, even if it is – a shallow technical recession. And, uh, probably at the worst, you will see a, sh- uh, a bit of a market correction, maybe down a couple of percent, sure. maybe at, at the worst, if but that, that does happen. But that does mean bargains are to be And that, that does mean that too. So I think being very smart about the ammo you have or the cash you have at the moment, being able to deploy it at the right times when these things... Um, JP Morgan, one of their uh, emerging market uh, fund managers, actually said that, keep, that uh, when you look at emerging markets, you really have to buy the dips. And I mm-hmm. think that applies also if the worst happens. So sure. just reorienting your mindset and mm-hmm. really looking at these dips and saying, okay, now's the time for me to get in on that little position for, for stock X, Y, or Z that I've been looking at. Now's the time to probably come in and pull the trigger because as important as being right with your investment, you have to be right at the right time as well. Yeah. Okay. So. And there's a, there's a big difference in swings in sentiment mm-hmm. and, and market swings yeah. on the back of US dollar appreciation, depreciation, and of course, you know, tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of people losing their job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a real recession. So yeah. uh, unemployment is the is the variable we uh, we obviously have to watch closely, and the one we really care about uh, when you're talking about softer technical based yes. moves mm-hmm. in the market. All um, right, good time to talk about safe havens, gentlemen. Especially since REITs are in the news, have been all week. You know? Yes, that is true, and a lot of movements. Of course, we can't. Uh, when you recap what's happened really in the first week, it, uh, you have to talk about not just the uh, the completion of Ascenda Singbridge coming under the wings of mm-hmm. Capital Land, but also this proposal to merge their two hospitality trusts, now Ascot and Ascendus Hospitality. Right. And of course, the MAS is also looking at the landscape and saying, you know what, maybe we should relax these gearing, these gearing ratios or these leverage limits uh, for the REITs to go out and compete in, 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 when, when making these overseas acquisitions. But it's interesting because when you look at some of the REITs, of course, if it is a defensive play, it, you're also going there because the management style is very prudent as mm-hmm. well. So is it fair really to compare them and, and, to, and to, give them in, to compare them on the same playing level as, say, some of these more aggressive cavalier private equity funds that go out there? Or are you really buying into this because, you know what, we're moving in a prudent manner, but that's exactly what you're paying for here. When we spoke to Fraser's uh, Logistics Industrial Trust uh, CEO earlier this week, Robert Wallace, he did mention also that, yes, you know, we are aware of that. That would be very interesting. But we are still comfortable keeping our gearing ratios between 30 to 40 percent and giving us quite an amount of room beneath that limit as well. Because we'd rather, uh, I think right at the moment, they are aware that, you know, that that they can't get carried away either. And it's very easy to get carried away. You saw what happened in 2008 Mm. when the markets all collapsed because of of the real estate crisis out of the U.S. also. 
you know, it's very easy to do that as well. And I think uh, in some ways, if, if he's one of many CEOs who run REITs here, but uh, if, that, if that is the general thinking of some of the REIT managers also, sure. you're probably in good hands. All right, Jeff. Yeah, REITs have been popular this week as as ever, as always. You look at uh, our REITs in the in the ranking the stocks by turnover for, for the first four sessions of this week. You've got Capital and Commercial, the most traded. That uh, that was the sixth most active stock by turnover, generating a four percent gain. And SunTech REIT was the eighth most active, generating a two percent gain. You've got Capital and More Trust. 11th most active, 3% gain, as was Maple Tree Logistics Trust at number 12. That was a 3% gain. And then Maple Tree North Asia Commercial was the 13th most active. So I think my question now also is, you know, the REITs have been the flavor of the markets mm-hmm. for most of 2019. And everyone, and the case to stay in REITs or go into REITs continues to get stronger and stronger. Sure. But then you have to ask yourself also, well, what, is there a tipping point behind that? I mean, eventually funds, there is a chance that funds could rotate out of that as well. There's what also could that been be somebody well? who said um, REITs might start to be looking a little overpriced. That, yes, that, yeah, that, uh, yes, oh, I forget now which, which bank that was, but yes, they were actually advocating mm-hmm. that if you're looking for these safe havens, you might actually be better off in, in, the, in the local banks rather than the REITs because the REITs are starting to look pricey. But the case for REITs, because despite the fact that many are saying that markets are still looking good, they always manage to insert the word defensive mm-hmm. in, in the language, saying that, you know, we're not out of the clear at the moment. So again, the case for the REITs continues to get stronger, but is there a tipping point? Is there, is there, or is this a forever strategy as long as all these headwinds are there? I'm not really sure. Oh, Asians, we like our properties. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. We do. We do on a stock market as well because the real estate sector is very active. We have a number of uh, real estate stocks, whether they be developers mm-hmm. or real estate investment trusts, that do feature in some of the world's big uh, benchmarks, uh, more so. Uh, than you would think. Um, if you look at the FTSE World Index, the big global benchmark, there's uh, uh, 5% of the real estate stocks in that benchmark are actually listed here in Singapore. Mm. All righty. Well, that was this week. Next <coughs> week, we didn't hit, well, there, there's still hours to go, but so far we haven't hit that 3,400 that we were toying with, JP. But, but can you blame me for being optimistic after that Monday start? How really? could you not be, Re- right? Anything was possible after Monday's yes, trading. Yes, but regardless, I think uh, I think this was still a rather, this was a successful start to the second half Absolutely. for markets. I think the things we're going to be watching out for, at least on my end, we're going to be looking at the trade balance of China coming out on Friday mm-hmm. next week. Also, we're looking at Japan's trade balance on Monday, and we've got a couple of, uh, we also have the Fed actually releasing the minutes of the recent meeting um, mm-hmm. on Thursday. But keep in mind, too, that uh, slow Slowly but surely, earnings season is starting to come around. And we have the Again. first of the, of the blue chips releasing on Friday. And it's our very own SPH that's going to be kicking things off once again. So Friday, around Friday night, if, if past releases prove uh, prove to be the same this Friday, I mean, it's going to be sometime in Friday afternoon, probably after the market's close. We'll find out exactly how our parent company did. And clearly, we have lots to talk about next week. Mm-hmm. So this has hey. been Market View with Jeff Howie, who was just about to say something. I was just about to say, yeah. The, the, so the MAS, as we said, it's considering raising their current leverage limit of 45%. So the last change was up to 45%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we're looking to uh, see where they're going to propose now. So that will be important too. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll keep our eye on all of those things. And perhaps we'll be lucky enough to be graced by Jeff's uh, presence next week again. <laughs> He's just not committing. All right, he will be here. This is Market View Wrap with JP Ong, Jeff Howie from uh, SGX, Strategic Market Analyst from SGX. I'm Clarissa Montero. You are on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM 893.sg. 
or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.